Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Lineout Podcast. Slightly late this week, uh, mainly due to trying to look ahead to this weekend's first weekend of the summer tours. And also a fact that there really wasn't uh, a ton of stuff going on last weekend. Uh, all you really had last weekend was uh, Japan making a fairly comprehensive uh, thrashing of, of Uruguay in the second test between the two sides. Bit of an anticlimax from the first one where, you know, I thought Uruguay were competitive. But uh, this time around, uh, second go up, not really to be. And obviously the Japanese getting fired up for their first test against the French this weekend. So yeah, 43-7, pretty comprehensive defeat for the Japanese over Uruguay. But yeah, lots to talk about this week. Um, obviously, the summer tours kick off in earnest this weekend. And uh, you have, we've already had the uh, Maori All Blacks take on Ireland on Wednesday. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we got Japan and France to look forward to, New Zealand and Ireland to look forward to, Australia and England to look forward to, South Africa and Wales to look forward to. Argentina and Scotland to look forward to. Uh, the first thing that most people have asked me uh, over on the blog is how do I watch it here in Canada? Uh, because you got a pretty full Saturday. Uh, if you want to have a life and a family, you're not going to get to watch all of them live. Uh, they are available on, with the exception of the Japanese and French tests, they are available live on TSN's streaming service. But it doesn't look like uh, it, they're going to be on any of TSN's TV channels. And their on-demand function for those games also looks pretty sketch, to say the least. So unless, certainly in the case of New Zealand and Australia, you want to wake up at uh, 3 a.m. on Saturday morning and then spend the entire day watching television right until sort of 6 o'clock in the evening, um, yeah, that may not go down too well with the family. Uh, that's really your only option with TSN. The good news is, however, is that Premier Sports Asia has the whole lot, um, and their on-demand service is spot on. I was able to watch um, the Maori All Blacks Ireland game literally within minutes of the final whistle being blown. Uh, sometimes there's a delay, maybe up to sometimes an hour or two, but it's nowhere near TSN's six to sometimes three days, if at all, uh, on-demand service. So like I say over on the blog, go to the TV page. There's all the details there on how to subscribe to Premier Sports Asia. And that will have you covered for um, not only all of the summer tours, including Japan and France. Uh, so obviously Argentina, Scotland, South Africa, Wales, England, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland. You'll also have the Rugby Championship. You'll also have the Autumn Internationals. You'll also have the Six Nations. So it's a kind of a one-stop shop uh, for your rugby viewing needs. You'll also have the URC uh, really only leaving you with uh, the Heineken Cup that's not covered. So like I say, I, by far, it's still the best deal. Uh, an annual pass is 215 Canadian. Well, there's the monthly pass, which is about 33 Canadian. Uh, everybody's asked me, how do I access it? Um, because I don't see Canada listed on the on the on the drop down menu of countries. When you go to subscribe, just pick Hong Kong or Singapore. That's what most of us are doing. And then from there, it'll take you to the billing. And from there, you can use a Canadian credit card with a Canadian billing address. Um, you don't need a VPN to use it. 
Um, once or twice during the past year, it has sometimes required a VPN to be used. If that is the case, um, and that happened again, if you have a VPN, we use ExpressVPN. Just log on to a Hong Kong or Singapore server, and once again, in you go. But right now, and for the last year, uh, for 95% of the time, it has not required a VPN to, to access the service. You can cast it to your TV via Chromecast. Um, and like I say, the on-demand service is absolutely outstanding. Like it's literally available almost in instantly. So, you know, for like this weekend, you can spread your rugby viewing as long as you stay off social media and don't want to know the results. You can spread it over two or three days. So it's a great service. Uh, I'm a huge fan. It's got all my rugby needs via, bar the Heineken cap covered. So, yeah, uh, sign yourselves up because I think... TSN is just going to be a frustrating experience, unfortunately, uh, for both, at least for the summer tours and probably also the rugby championship as well. So anyway, on that note, looking ahead to the tours, uh, Ireland play New Zealand. They kick us off. Well, actually, no, Japan uh, play France first this weekend. Um, really strong looking French side that's been assembled for this tour to Japan, two test tour to Japan. Um, really have trouble seeing Japan get any kind of traction on this French squad. Some big names in it, uh, in the forwards, Jean-Baptiste Gros, Pieto Malvaca, Demba Bamba. That's a really impressive front row. Thibaut Flamand in the second row. The return of Charles Olivon um, as captain in the, the back row, along with Dylan Cretin and Johan Tanga, who looked uh, so impressive. Uh, Maxime Luku, Matthew Jalibert in the in the halfbacks. The list just goes on and on. Vir Virimi Vakatawa in the centers. Damien Penault, uh out wide. Melvin Jaminet. Uh, yeah, Pierre Bougarit on the bench. Um, it's just, yeah, the Seku, Ma, uh, Seku Makalo on the bench, Baptiste Quio, Antoine Hastoy. I mean, it's, that's not a weak French side by any stretch of the imagination, even barring travel and fatigue. So, yeah, uh, I think this series, Japan, France, sadly, is only going to go one way and it's going to be the blue way. Uh, hopefully a spirited fight from Japan, never write them off, uh, especially in their own backyard. But France just looking a little bit too strong this year. Next up, the big talking point, New Zealand, Ireland. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I do not know what possessed the IRFU to agree to two midweek tests against the Maori All Blacks on this tour. Uh, already, uh, as of Wednesday, you're seeing the injury count start to take uh, toll. And Ireland didn't depart with it that big a touring squad to be able to absorb that kind of punishment. Um, I really don't know what, what was possessed. So I think, you know, sadly, given end of season fatigue, travel, uh, two very tough midweek tests, Ireland could almost be argued to be fighting with one hand behind their back. But, you know, you have to lay, lay some of that blame at the IRFU's door in agreeing to that in the first place. Um, you know, I know, I know Kiwi supporters will say, oh, well, you know, New Zealand has to do that when they go to Europe at the end of the year. Uh, sure, yeah, they're at the end of their season. I get all that. But you don't see the All Blacks playing midweek tests against, say, Munster or Leinster or 
racing 92 or Toulouse. Yeah, it's it's not like it was like. So, yeah, um, Ireland were fairly, to be honest, fairly easily dispatched by the Maori All Blacks on Wednesday, 32-17. Um, yeah, and I just, looking at what, what was unfolding, uh, the injury count... I'm not, I would love to be more optimistic about this Irish tour to New Zealand, but I'm, I'm struggling to see it. Um, so yeah, they've assembled a good side, albeit for this Saturday's test. Um, I'd say the Irish front row uh, with Porter, Sheehan and Furlong can easily match up to the New Zealand offering. Uh, the second row, I think New Zealand's got the edge in Retallick and Whitelock. Um, never right, uh, obviously, Tad Burnoff. He's just absolute quality. But Ryan just hasn't been firing, and I think the, the Kiwi pair will have the authority. I think it's a brutally physical uh, New Zealand back row in Barrett, Kane, and Savia. Uh, with Ireland, who are, I think you're going to struggle to match up to that in Doris, Van der Fleer, and Omani. Um, you know, Almani can be a real talisman, but I'm just not sure the three of them will be able to, to endure the, the, uh, all black onslaught. Um, the halfbacks, you know, Gibson Park, Jonathan Sexton providing Sexton's, uh, on form. Um, he should be in great shape. Um, so that's a very strong halfback pairing. Uh, Bowden Barrett for New Zealand, obviously quality. I still think that uh, Aaron Smith has passed his prime and after seeing um, Brad Weber for the new uh, the Maori All Blacks really surprised to not see Brad Weber in the mix for this this uh, series of three tests with New Zealand uh, with Ireland rather and I think that's a selection decision New Zealand are going to regret uh, but we shall see um, and then in the backs, uh, in the centers, rather, um, New Zealand looking pretty strong in Quinn Dupaya and Reiko Yohani. Uh, Robbie Henshaw, Gary Ringrose, no slouchers for Ireland, but I'm just not sure they're going to be able to match the, the pace and physicality of the Kiwi pair. And then that, 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 that back line for New Zealand looking really, really good. Fanganuku, Jordi Barrett, Sebu Reese, you know, Hugo Keenan, a fullback, he's impressed me. Um, James Lowe's looking good, but still lingering defensive questions around him and Keith Earls. I love Keith Earls. He's one of my favorite Irish players of all time, but he is getting long in the tooth. There's no getting away from it. I think he's playing some of his best rugby right now, but is it good enough to contain the likes of Fanganuku? Um, I don't know. We shall see on Saturday. Um, and then a really phenomenal looking bench for, for New Zealand. Um, yeah, you know, Angus Tavau, Carl Tuanukafi, uh, or King Carl. Um, and yeah, Dalton Papali, Finley Christie, Richie Moanga, Braden Enner. That's all looking pretty good. Uh, really surprised to see Kean Haley in the mix on the bench after his injury on, on Wednesday night. Jack Conan didn't quite look the picture on Wednesday night either. Connor Murray, I think, passed his prime. Joey Carberry didn't look particularly confident. And even Bundyaki, uh, although he scored a good try, not quite at the races. So we'll see. Um, 
like I say, I, I think with the two midweek tests thrown in as well uh, against the Murray All Blacks, um, you know, and this first test being at Eden Park, I really struggle to see Ireland getting some traction. There might be the mid, you know, the the second test might be up for grabs, um, but I think it's pretty hard to see anything other than a New Zealand series win. Possibly not a series whitewash, but definitely a series win. But we'll see. You know, if if Ireland can turn the tables on on New Zealand, who have struggled with form at times, uh, wow, what a what a what a what a triumph that would be. But I think if you know if Ireland can really focus on just walking away with one game somewhere, then it'll be a, a tour that they can they can get on the plane back to Ireland feeling pretty good about. Next up, Australia, England. Um, yeah, you know, um, Australia, England. I think that series is our is essentially Australia's to win. Um, England just look muddled right now. Um, there was a really sketchy test against the Barbarians, and you know, there's already apparently dissension in the camp. You know, Owen Farrell's feeling aggrieved that he hasn't been made captain, uh, and that Courtney Laws has. Um, whether or not that's the right choice. I don't know. I must be honest and say I, in some ways, prefer Laws as as, as the captain option. But yeah, we'll see. But um, it just doesn't look like a cohesive side. Um, I think England can have the edge up front with Ellis Genge, Jamie George, and Will Stewart. But I think, you know, in the second row, Australia's young guns and Darcy Swain and Kadrian Neville... Uh, despite the presence of, of Mero Atoje in, in the second row for England, I think they could well have the edge. And that uh, that Australian back row, that works, whereas England's doesn't, um, in my opinion. Courtney Laws, Tom Curry, Billy, Billy Bonapola, I just think those guys are going to be out of sync um, up against a very tight and very effective Australian unit in Leota, Hooper, and Valentini. Uh, in the halfbacks, yeah, I think, again, um, Quade Cooper is the wild card, but he surprised us all last year at the halfback for at fly half for Australia. Nick White looking really, really sharp with the Brumbies, and Danny Kerr and Marcus Smith. Maybe that Harlequins axis will produce, you know, the attacking threat that England has been devoid of for the last year. We'll see. But you know, I think again, looking in the centers and the backs for Wallabies, that's pace and power. Uh, up the middle and out wide, you know, out wide, Marika Corabetti, Andrew Kellaway, um, Tom Banks, very surprised not to see Tom Wright in the mix, even on the bench for this one. And in the center, Samu Karevi, Samu Karevi and Lenny Cattell against, you know, an English, English unit that just isn't working. Joe Cochnesiga got lots of pace out wide, but they need to use him properly. Farrell and Marchant in the centers, I I don't think that works. Uh, Jack Nell, Jack Noel hasn't looked too sharp either. And then Freddie Stewart at fullback, he was the the revelation of of England's campaign last year, but this year he's been a little bit ominously quiet. So he really needs to have a big tour to to reestablish himself. Um, then on the bench, you know, again looks pretty phenomenal. Um, for Australia, you got the likes of Slippers, Co, Falau, Fianga, 
in the front row, you got Matthew Phillip and Pete Samu um, as your second and back row replacements. Jake Gordon at uh, Scrum Half, Noah Lolasio and Jordan Pattaya. That all looks pretty solid and pretty good Super Rugby campaigns. Um, yeah, I think uh, look out. Luke Cowan-Dickey needs to really find his form. I think uh, Mako Vinopola has passed it. Um, Ollie Chesham, there's been lots of question marks around him. Lewis Ludlam, potential there, but not consistent. But everybody is looking forward to, myself included, seeing Jack Van Portfleet uh, in the scrum half role. England needs a scrum half that works. Uh, had a good season with Leicester, so let's see how that works. Um, and Guy Porter, who's also had a good season with Leicester. And then uh, Henry Arundel, who uh, had such a good season with... Um, with London Irish. So yeah, I mean, there's potential there, but a lot of it's untried at this level. Uh, it's a bit of a gamble, to be honest, um, against a much more established Australian unit. So again, I don't see a series win for Australia, but I think you'd be hard pressed to not see Australia take the series 2-1 on home soil. Next up, we have South Africa, Wales. Um, if you are a Welsh supporter, you must be feeling pretty nervous right now. The South African lineup for this test is downright terrifying. Um, it's going to be a full house at Loftus Veresvelt, and the noise in there is going to be incredible. And this is one hell of a Springbok team against a pretty disjointed, misfiring Welsh unit. Um that's really all I've got to say. I'd love to be able to say more uh, positive in terms of Wales. Um, I just don't see it. I, I think this is lambs to the slaughter type stuff. I, I really wish I could be more optimistic. But just look at that Springbok starting 15. Oxen Che, Bongi and Banambi, Franz Melher, but that's just the front row. Eben Etzebeth, Lou Diager in the second row. Back row, Sia Khaleesi, Franco Mostert, Jasper Visa. You know, fly halves, I think it is the only weak link there, Elton Yankees. Um, yeah, I think there could have been better choices there. But, you know, Faf de Klerk uh, doesn't need to prove himself to anybody. And then in the backs and the centers, wow. Makazole Mapimbe, Damien Dayende, Lucan Yoam, Cheslin Colby, and Damien Valenza, who has had a blinder of a season, finally, um, with... Um, the Stormers, and finally, you know, kind of justifying all the hype about them. And then that bench, Malcolm Mark, Stephen Kitsoff, Vincent Cox, Salman Murat, the, who will be the uh, debutante from the Stormers, Elric Lowe from the Bulls, Quagga Smith, Herschel Yankees, Willie LaRue, still a little bit of a weak link in the in the chain for me, but yeah, it's just, it's just quality from 1 to 23. And I just, you know, Josh Navidi's on the bench along with Alan Wynne-Jones for Wales, but there's not much in there. There's Liam Williams at fullback, uh, Louis Rees Zamadon on the wing, and Josh Adams on the wing, and obviously Dan Bigger captaining it in the starting 15, but Talupe Folatau at eight, but and Adam Beard in the second row is having a good go of it these days, but I'm just not seeing it. I, I just... I see it's three near three, 
three nil series whitewash for the box. Uh, easy peasy said and done. I really hope I'm going to be proved wrong. Um, but yeah, time will tell, but yeah, I think that this one's going to hurt for Wales. And then lastly, Argentina, Scotland. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this series. I think this series really could go either way. I think Argentina have the edge. Um, really interesting to see what new coach Michael Cheka, although he has had an affiliation with the Pumas for the last two years, how he makes out with his charges. Um, but uh, yeah, I, once again, it's a pretty impressive looking uh, Puma's outfit. Uh, Julian Montoya, obviously at hooker. Uh, amazing second row in Guido Petty and Matthias Alemano. Um, outstanding back row, particularly if Kramer and pa Pablo Matera can keep their discipline alongside Juan Martin Gonzalez. Excellent halfback pairing in Thomas Cubelli and Nicolas Sanchez. Uh, Emil Emiliano Bofelli, who out on the wing, who's had such a good season with Edinburgh. Gerona uh, de la Fuente, Matias Orlando in the centers, and then also Santiago Cordero and Juan Cruz Malia um, in the uh, other wing and fullback position. And then on the bench, you know, Warhorse Par Extraordinaire, Augustin Crevy, um, Lucas Paulos, I think, watch him in the second row. Really, uh, really entertaining player. Facundo Isa. Uh, Santiago Guerreras, uh, fullback or fly half. Be interesting to see where Cheka plays him when he pulls him off the bench. I like him as a full as a halfback op, a fly half option, and then Matthias Moroni. But yeah, some positives for Scotland. Uh, Pierre Skirman in the front row. Uh, Xander Fagerson, um, you know, all all solid. Grant Kilchrist gets the captaincy for this tour. Um, Johnny Bray, Johnny Gray alongside him in the second row. That could be a competitive second row. Uh, a good back row, uh, Magnus Bradbury and Matt Fagerson. No, no need for apologies there. Ali Price, not really at his best. Uh, be interesting to see if Ben White uh, from Leicester comes on sooner rather than later. Uh, Blair Kinghorn being put in at the fly half position with lots of question marks around that. Uh, Duan van der Merver uh, going to bring his big South African physicality to what will be a very physical test series um, out wide. Sam Johnson, Mark Bennett in the centers. Uh, Mark Bennett looking good, uh, definitely, and um, for Edinburgh. So that could be an interesting center pairing. Darcy Graham needs to apologize to nobody, but if he can stand up to uh, Pumas physically, then, then good on him. For Canadian in interest, Ewan Ashman, the Canadian-born hooker who had such a debut last year. Looking forward to seeing him off the bench, uh, along with Rory Darge, a really impressive back rower. Um, the other big thing for me, I think, is Ross Thompson. Uh, he's on the bench. I think he needs to start for Scotland in this series. Um, I think Scotland really need to develop an alternative to Finn Russell, and I think this tour is going to provide them a golden opportunity to do that in the sense that um, Finn Russell is not on the tour, along with Stuart Hogg. I think they really need to get away from their dependence on Finn Russell because it's just not working for them and develop a more cohesive uh, unit that that isn't reliant on sort of, you know, Finn Russell's rather individualistic, maverick, freestyle kind of play, which either goes spectacularly well or spectacularly wrong. 
I think they need some consistency. And I think from what I've seen of Ross Thompson uh, this year, I think he may be the answer to achieve that. But I think it's going to be a very interesting test series of all of them. I think that's the one that could go either way. So make sure you catch that action. So like I say, it should be a thrilling weekend. Uh, lots to look forward to. Some great rugby available, easily accessible here in, in Canada, both live and on demand, courtesy of Premier Sports Asia. Like I say, if you want more details on how to subscribe to that and the links, go on over to the lineout and the TV listings page, and all the links are over there. Until then, everyone, take great care. Enjoy what should be a fabulous weekend of rugby, and we will talk to you soon.